Praise the Lord. I notice you're not wearing a jet one, though. Amen. God is good. For those of you that didn't know, today is Jersey Sunday. NFL football season just kicked off, and uh, we're, uh, uh, I see that Al and his entire family is no longer New England Patriot fans. They are Buccaneer fans after Tom Brady. Temporarily until he retires, and you're going to go back to being Patriot fans. Got it. All right. Uh, God is good, man. And I don't know what you're going through, have gone through, but I do know this, that our God is faithful, and he will not let go, and he will see you through the situation. One thing I have noticed, especially living in Miami, and is that the world looked like it could be ending, and there's thunderstorms been rain beyond galore, and give it seven minutes, and the sun comes back out, Right? So I don't know what you're going through right now, and I don't know who that's for this morning, but perhaps today you walked in and you're going through a circumstance, and you are looking at what looks to be like a hurricane right in front of you, but let me tell you today, God is working, and what you look to see as a disaster, God is going to turn it around, and we speak life into that area of your life, because our God is good and faithful, and he is on the throne, amen? Last week, we started a series called The Secret Life, and we started talking about the secret life of Jesus. I've been having conversations with people this week, and I talked about, did you know that Jesus had a secret life? And they're like, how do you know if it was secret? Well, it's because what you do in secret comes out in public. And we know that Jesus continually went into a secret place, into a place on his own to pray and spend time with God. And it made me think of model trains and trains. Anybody here ever play with a model train? Had anybody here ever buy one for, to put around their Christmas tree, you know? I remember we got one a couple years ago and I pulled out this little train and put the batteries inside and, you know, I kind of wanted to try to use the train without having to go through the difficulty of building the track. But did you know that the train does not run without a track? That little thing that's supposed to go around the Christmas tree, if you don't build the track, if you don't put the track out, if you don't spend the time preparing it, the train won't move around. And there was other thing that was cool. Was one, the track, once the track was built, I could have the train go around with one cart or two cart or three carts or four carts, and it was going all the way around. And as you look at real trains, no matter the size of the train or the weight that it carries, as long as it's on the track, it gets from point A to point B. And it can carry the weight and it can get from point A to point B because it's on the track. The train doesn't turn itself, it turns on the track. The train doesn't do anything because of what it can do, it does it because the track has been laid out. Now, a train without a track doesn't work very well. As a matter of fact, some of the big biggest train manufacturers, they actually build the train on a track already because they get very heavy, so it already has to be being built on a track so that they can move it to a place where it's going to go. Now, I don't know about you, but using this train analogy to my prayer life, at times I have felt that I don't know where to go. And I've asked or said the question, I don't know how to pray, or perhaps I've gotten bored while praying. I don't know if any of you have said, oh, I'm gonna pray today and I'm gonna spend this time, but a minute and a half into the prayer, you don't know what to say. You feel bored, you get distracted, and I can even imagine the disciples doing the very same exact thing. The disciples were probably like, dude, like Jesus, you go off and pray all night long. What do you say? 
Like we woke up at six in the morning and you weren't here and you got back at eight and you had been off there praying. What do you say? I do it for a minute and I don't know what else to say. So as a matter of fact, the disciples asked Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse number one, it's going to pop up. Luke 11, one, the disciples went to Jesus and said, master, teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. I want you to say that this morning. Lord, teach me to pray. If you're online, type it in, Lord, teach me to pray. It's what the disciples asked. It's a question I get asked a lot or thing that I've been told a lot as a pastor. I don't know how to pray. You pray better than me, so pray with me on this because I don't know what to say. Now, in the same way that a train runs better on a track, I want you to write down this morning, we all pray better on a track. We all pray better with a track. And we're going to get to what I'm talking about in a second. We all pray better with a track. And Jesus has given us a prayer track. Jesus gave us a track to follow so that we wouldn't get bored while we were praying, so that we wouldn't get off topic, so that we'd be able to get from point A to point B and spend the time communicating with our Father. I mean, I don't know how many of you have children or have dealt with a young child, or you yourself can recall when you were a child where your parents had to give you instructions on how to communicate with people. It doesn't come naturally to everybody. We've gone through it with our children, right? Like when you get to a place, you're going to say hello. You're going to ask how you're doing. You're going to, you know, we go through the process of how you develop a conversation because it doesn't come naturally. And Jesus himself gave us a track and he did it in the method of what we know and call the Lord's prayer. And if you didn't know that the Lord's prayer is a model on how to pray. Is there anything wrong in you just, just saying the Lord's Prayer? No, not inherently. There's nothing wrong with it. But it wasn't given as something to just repeat. If you remember last week, one of the things Jesus we learned from what Jesus said was, and when you pray, don't be like the people that just with vain repetitions, just say something. So is saying the Lord's Prayer wrong? No, not necessarily, but it wasn't meant to stay there. It was meant as a model, as a track on how to pray and have access to the Father. And we're going to break that down this morning. Now, before we get into the Lord's Prayer, there's other prayer tracks that we find in Scripture. There's the prayer of Jabez. There's the tabernacle prayer. There's the Trinity prayer. There's different models or different tracks. But the one that I have found that is the easiest one for us to begin to follow, whether you're a baby believer or a Christian that has been Christian for 30 some odd years, is the Lord's Prayer. It's the one that I, I mainly do as my prayer track every single morning when I spend time with the Lord. I don't say the Lord's Prayer. I break it down as the track. And that's what we're going to go through this morning for our secret life to be able to continue to grow. So Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse number 9, Jesus said to the disciples, and he says to us today, In this manner, therefore pray. Again, in this manner, therefore pray. Notice what he's saying there. This is the way to do it. Okay, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
We've all heard it. We've all said it. But let's break it down. The first thing that we see Jesus say is, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So if you're taking notes this morning as we break down this prayer track, the first point I want you to jot down is this. We need to worship his covenant names. That is the first part of how to pray. Worship his covenant names. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? Well, if you weren't familiar, God has multiple names in scripture. There is different names for God. And we know his different attributes by his different names. And so what are some of his covenant names? And what does it mean by covenant name? It is a name. It is a covenant that is not broken. And this name means what it says, and it happens in our life. The first one that we can talk about is Jehovah Sitkanu. It's one of God's names, Jehovah Sitkanu. It means righteousness. Did you know that you can go to God because he is righteous and he made us righteous through him, Jehovah Sitkanu? Another one of his covenant names is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means healer. And you can take it to the bank that by Jesus' stripes you are healed. And you say and you honor God because he is Jehovah Rapha. A third of his covenant names is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi means my banner or my protector, my defender. A fourth covenant name is Jehovah Shama. Jehovah Shama means presence. Did you know that you have access to the presence of God anywhere you go because of what Jesus did? And now that you have the Holy Spirit with you and inside of you, we have access to the presence. So our Father who art in heaven, he is our righteousness. He is our healer. He is our protector. He is the one that we have access to his throne, to his presence. And a fifth of the covenant names, and there's more than these five, but these are the five I was going to break down, is Jehovah Jireh, which means provider. Now, it's interesting, we see the psalmist David pray this way in Psalm 103. Now, in Psalm 103, if you're familiar with Psalm 103, you can look it up and leave a mark here in Matthew chapter 6 to come back. But Matthew, I'm sorry, um, Psalm chapter 103 starts off by saying, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not... All your benefits. Then verses 3 through 5, look what it says. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's break it down. Watch the five covenant names of God right there in those three verses. Who forgives all your iniquities is Jehovah Sitkanu, my righteousness. This is an easy way to learn it and remember this, to be able to pray this as we honor God, right? Who forgives all your iniquities, Jehovah Sitkani. Who heals all your diseases, Jehovah Rapha, who is my healer. Verse number four, who redeems your life from destruction. He is Jehovah Nisi, my protector, my defender, who redeems me and protects me. Then it says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, Jehovah Shammah, his presence. I cannot crown you if I am not with you. And then the next verse, he says, who satisfies your mouth with good things, or Jehovah Jireh, my provider. 
a way to see the five, five of the covenant names of God, because there's also Jehovah Shalom, which means our peace. There's other covenant names for God. If you want to know more about the names of God, we did a series last year called Hello, My Name Is, where we broke down the Holy Spirit's names. We broke down Jesus's names. We broke down God's names. They're all on our podcast and our YouTube channel and all that stuff. So you can go back there and listen to them. But here are five. And, and Jesus said, in this manner, pray, our Father who art in heaven. In other words, when you go into the presence of God, honor him respect him, acknowledge who he is, right? What do we teach our kids? Hey, when you go up to him, say, hello, how are you? That's a nice blue shirt you're wearing. I like that color, right? Like you, you, you teach your kids, and that's what Jesus was doing, teaching us how to enter. So number one, worship is covenant names. If we continue reading the Lord's Prayer, we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The second part of it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So what do I want you to jot down for that? The second step of this track is surrender to his will. In your time of prayer, you acknowledge and worship his covenant names, but then you surrender to his will. Now, isn't Jesus amazing? He didn't just tell us this, he showed us this. Remember when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray? He goes off to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray and he goes before his father. This is right before he gets betrayed and then goes to the cross. And his prayer was this, Father, if there's any other way, pass this cup from me. But let not my will be done, but your will be done. He walks away and he finds his disciples sleeping, the ones that were, had gone with him, Peter, James, and John. And he looks at them and says, dude, could you guys not pray for an hour? It's what they were doing. Jesus had been praying for an hour. And he goes again and he prays it a second time. Father, if there's any other way, pass this cup from me, but let not my will be done. Let your will be done. He comes back and the disciples again are sleeping. He's like, come on, guys. And he goes again and a third time. He prays, Father, if there's any other way, pass this cup from me. Church, we need to surrender our will to the will of the Father. I was meeting with somebody the other day, and we were talking about some stuff, and the person told me, I, I was like, oh, sir, what are you going to do? And, he's like, and the person said, I, I've got five different options or plans. And I said, okay, cool. Tell me your plans. And they start mentioning the different plans. He said, okay, so now let's pray. And, and so he was ready to pray, and I said, well, I'm not ready to pray. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I need to know which is your option number one, which is option number two. Like, what do we want to pray for? And many of you that I've prayed with before, I will ask you specifically, what is, you know, like, I'm going to pray for somebody who's sick and at the point of death, and I will ask the family, are you praying for them to be healed, or are you praying for them to end the suffering and go at home in peace? Pastor, how do you, I cannot pray without being in agreement with the person. And so if I'm praying for the person to be healed, but the family's just saying, God, they've been suffering for five years, take them home. I'm going to unite in that prayer. And so I asked this person, I was like, so which is option number one, which is option number two? And the answer was, well, I want God's will to be done. And I said, I get that. But watch, Jesus didn't just say, let your will be done. Jesus said, option one, God. For me, option one is not to get beat, whipped, hit, spit on, ridiculed, and hung on a cross. So if there's any other way, pass the cup. But let not my will be done, but your will be done. Church, 
How do we surrender to his will? Well, first things first, we know that the will of God is for us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. So part of this time of prayer and surrendering our will is saying, God, I want in my life, I pray that I walk in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I pray that I walk in this. Why? Because as I do that, your will comes. I surrender what I want. Sometimes I want to tell people off. I can be transparent with you guys, right? Sometimes people tick me off and I want to say something. Sometimes to my spouse, I got upset about something and I want to say something. And then I'm like, uh, think about this. Just walk away. Sometimes to my kids, sometimes to some of you. Depending on the level of relationship is when I get there. I talked about this in the men's breakfast yesterday, depending on the level of relationship. There's some of you that I am working with closely, one-on-one, -on -one, and I have a different level of relationship. So when I, saw, I see so, you do something or post something, I'm going to pick up the phone and say, take that down. That's not godly. I don't do that to everybody because I haven't built that relationship, right? But we have a relationship with our Father. So we're like, I don't want to be, God, correct me, fix me. I want to walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we are bringing his kingdom to the earth as we walk in the fruit of the Spirit. So part one, or point one of the prayer track is understanding that we worship his covenant names. The second part is surrendering to his will. Then what does the prayer continue to say? It says, and give us today our daily bread, right? So what is the third point of the third thing on the track as we are praying and talking to God? Let your requests be made known to him. Oh, but God already knows. He may know, but let your requests be known. This is where you talk to God. And can I give you a pointer? Be specific. Some of y'all single and you're praying for a spouse. God, bring me my man, you know. Be specific. I want him to be 6'2", thin, muscular build. I want him to have long hair. Like, right? like you're just saying, God, bring me a husband. And then, you know, like, and by the way, your first priority one should be he's a man of God who loves him more than he loves me. But anyways, be specific because you don't want to be like, God, bring me a husband. And then you get all these suitors and they look nothing like what attracts you. So make your list and be specific. You're, you're praying for a car? God, I need a car. Give me at least a transportation. And then you get the car you got to push every other day. Hey, it was a transportation. But it's not transporting very good right now. <laughs> Be specific. Be specific. It's funny. You don't know this, Joel, but I'll share with you now. Uh, we, we bought our car from Joel. He works for Toyota. And if you need a new car or a used car, go see Joel. He's a cool guy. But anyways, as, as Patty and I were in this process, I can't tell you how many cars we test drove. I can tell you about all the minivans, all the SUVs, everything that's out there. And we were like, we were thinking, and I got very specific in my prayer. And I actually write down my prayer sometimes, and I can pull it out of my desk and show you. I put a number that I did not want to finance more than that number. And we had what we were going to give as a down payment, and it was like, Lord, this is, this is what 
this is what we're going to finance. This is what we can afford. This is the thing. You are going to bring it. You're going to open the door. You're going to do the stuff. And man, can I tell you that almost to the penny, we were able to get the car that Patty finally chose, chose after months and months. And to the penny. Why? I was being very specific. I handled the finances in our home. And I was being very specific in my prayer. God, this is what we can afford. I know what it is. You're going to bring the provision, but this is, this is the thing. I can show you the number. Be specific in your prayer. In the color of the shirt you're praying for, be specific. Because God can answer better when you're specific. Right? I mean, has, has, have, have you ever wanted something? Like, oh, you know what? I need a jersey. Get me a jersey. And somebody comes and gives you the jersey, and is like, this guy doesn't even play for that team anymore. <laughs> or I don't like it, or whatever, right? Like, be specific. Which is the one that you want? And in your prayer, let your request be made known to God. Be specific. Another thing you're going to do in this time is cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your burdens. God, I'm dealing with this situation. It's too heavy for me. I put it on your feet. I give it to you. Let your request be made known to him. You know that we have this mindset that we apply to people and we also apply to God. I don't want to bother him. Have any of you ever gone through a situation that you really needed prayer on? I'm asking you to be honest. Put yourself out there. And you have not called one of the church leaders or pastors to talk about it because you did not want to be a bother. Anybody? And we do it to God, too. I don't want to be a bother. It reminds me of the guy that's hitchhiking, carrying this huge, heavy load, and finally somebody stops. I say, come on, you can get in. Gets into the front of the pickup truck, and he gets this huge, heavy bag that he was carrying that weighed about 100 pounds and puts it on his lap. And the driver says, why don't you just put it in the back of the truck? There's space. Just put it back there. And he turns around and says, no, 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 no. You're already giving me a ride. I can't bother you with also having the bag. But that's what we do. You already saved me. That's enough, God. That's, I'll deal with everything else because you already, that, no. Let your request be made known to God. Be specific and cast your cares upon him. So again, the track of prayer, of the Lord's prayer, we start with worshiping the covenant names of God. We pray to be able to bring to earth God's kingdom, God's, from, like as it is in heaven, here on earth. We let our request be made known to him. And then what does the prayer continue to say? Again, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins or debts as we forgive our debtors. After all of this part, church, we get into a time of repentance and forgiveness. A time of repentance and forgiveness. We need to repent daily for our mess-ups and talk to God about it. God, I failed again. And I'm sorry, I'm broken about failing, but I thank you that you forgive me. And you talk, you can talk about whatever it is that you failed. You're it's you and God. Listen, he already knows. I told you the story, what happened to me years and years ago. My dad was on a trip. I was, I was in charge of my younger brother, Michael. He was a student at St. Brendan Senior High. And I got a phone call from Ms. Binky in the morning. 
to tell me that my brother got in trouble for throwing some papers in Bible class or something or the other. I went to the school. I met with her, and I said, don't tell him you spoke. He got in the car that afternoon. I was like, hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing? Oh, good, David. How was school today? It was great. He was like, oh, did you have a good lunch? Anything interesting happened? No, not really. How about in Bible class? <gasps> yes, I know, right? Guys, God already knows. You can't hide it. So ask him to forgive you. Repent. And then, Jesus said it many, many times, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. You need to forgive people. Start praying for the people that hurt you, that talked bad about you, that abandoned you, that left you. Pastor, I've already forgiven them all. Pray for the one that's going to tick you off later in the day. God, I know that Josefina se las trae, and when I get to the office, I'm going to, you know, I forgive her already, God. And Jesus walk into the office is like, I forgave you already. We're good. You know? Pray for the challenging relationships. Come on, be honest. you have any relationships that are challenging? I try to jump and put up both of you, but then I might fall. <laughs> I got some challenging relationships in my life. Lord, I, I, help me walk in forgiveness that even as it happens, I'm quick to forgive. Whether they repent, whether they're sorry, whether they're not, Lord, forgive me and I forgive them. And you pray over the people. Oh, I already forgave them. Pray for them again. Pray for them again. How do you know that you honestly actually forgave somebody? You can talk about that person where they tell you that person's name or something and you don't feel. But when somebody mentions a name to you and you're like, don't talk to me about that person, can I tell you, you have not forgiven. Because it's still bringing up pain. And we need to forgive. God, forgive us as we forgive. So that time of repentance and then asking for forgiveness and then you get lost in part of this amazing fifth portion of it. Where Jesus said, and lead us not into temptation, right? But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. Guys, then we get into spiritual warfare. Many of us never get into spiritual warfare because we don't even know how to enter the presence of God in talking to him. Which is why, I said it at the beginning, we get bored while we pray. We lose focus. We get distracted. We don't know what to say. But we run better on a track. And so we honor his covenant names. After we honor his covenant names, we pray for the surrendering of our will, our wants, and our desires to be his will, his wants, and his desires. We let our requests be made known to him. We repent and we forgive. And then, guess what? You are in a place to enter war, to enter warfare. You've been forgiven, you've act, you're in a clean space where now you can get in there led by the Holy Spirit to enter into warfare. What do we do in that time of spiritual warfare and prayer? Guys, we put on the armor. Put on the armor that God has given you. And you can pray it. Say, God, I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the belt of truth. I put on the gospel of peace, on the preparation of the gospel of peace on my sheet. I pick up the shield of faith, and I walk with the sword of the spirit. I activate the armor. What did the prayer, how was the model prayer? 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Dude, the devil is out there launching fiery darts at you time and time and time and time again. And he uses the people closest to us many times. So if you're not prayed up and doing warfare, those darts penetrate. So what do we do in this time? We put on the armor. We take authority that has been given to us, authority over our health over our finances, over our children. We pray for our city. We pray for our state. We pray for our president. We pray for the vice president. We pray for Congress. We pray for the Senate. We begin to pray as the Spirit prompts you and directs you. Remember, last week we talked about the things that we do in preparation for prayer. We enter the secret place. We find a designated place. We shut the door. We eliminate the distractions. We pray out of sincerity. And make a little prayer list of the people you're praying for so you don't forget. Have you ever forgotten to pray for somebody you said you were going to pray for? I have. Which is why when any of you ask me for prayer, I pray for you on the spot. Why? Because I'm a human. And sometimes I do have a lot of stuff in my head. And I can forget. So I'm not going to forget if I did it right on the spot. So pray on the spot. Jot down the names. We talked about evangelism a few weeks ago, and I told you we should all have five people we're praying for to get saved. Man, in this time of warfare, pray for those five people. I pray for Mark and Lucy and John and Mary, whatever their names are, and you pray over them. And guess what? When one of them gets saved, put another name on the list. Here's a few other things. For some people, journaling their prayer is very helpful. Get an empty notebook or somewhere you write down your prayer. I said a little while ago, I jot down my prayer sometime. And I write it all out. It's not for me to read it tomorrow again. But I can go back and say, wow, God, I wrote this as a prayer request to you and you answered it. You know what? That does encourages my faith next time I'm believing for something else. Because you did it before and you do it again. And you did it before and you do it again. You pray the word of God. It's why we need to read the Bible. We push several things. I've been talking a lot with my pastor and part of our team and different things about what are the core values of 3W Church. And we, we, we want to make sure everything is and It's going to be in your face in the next few months. I'm trying to make everything crystal clear and stuff. And, and, and if you start thinking, what are the core values of 3W Church? Man, reading the word of God and devotion is one of them. It's why we sent out a daily Bible verse on prayer. A daily Bible verse with a devotional and a Bible reading plan. Why? Because you read the word of God for a few reasons. Number one, it builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Another thing that reading the Bible does is that it gets you, you get to listen to what God is saying because that's how God speaks to us. It allows you to judge what I say. If I say something that isn't backed up in the, by the Bible, I've said it a hundred times. I'm wrong and the Bible's right. But if you don't know that that's not what the Bible says, then we can't have the conversation. And you can pray for it, right? As you're praying there for your children, God, you promised me that if I train up my children in the way that they should go, even when they're old, they will not depart from you. So I pray over Abigail and Alexandra and Samantha that as I am doing my part as their parent to train them, when they get older, when they're in middle school, when they're in high school, when they're in college, they will not depart from you. You will keep away every boy that's going to try to distract them from the walk from you because they will serve you. That I, I can build into my prayer because I based it on the word of God.
praying for an illness and a sickness, and you can begin. God, you promised that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. So right now in the name of Jesus, because he died for me, I claim healing upon this in my body. You can pray. You pray what the word of God says. You said you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. In the same way that as Abraham went up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, he was going to give you the most precious thing that you had given him. You had that ram in the thicket. You provided for him. You will provide for me to pay off my debt, to pay off my house, to put food on the table. You're Right there, three little verses, and I'm building my prayer on it. But we all pray better on a track. And I want you to jot this down this morning as the worship team comes up to the altar. Let's take it full circle back to the train. No matter if that train engine... Is carrying one, two, three, or 45 carts. I mean, have you ever been at a, at a train thing and you start counting the carts and it just keeps going and going and going and going? No matter the load, that train is going because it's on a track. Man, no matter how heavy your life feels like right now, no matter the circumstance, the trial, the pain, the anguish, the things that are going on that you think would stop your cart, to your train when you're on a track you're able to get and flow and church no matter what you're facing if you pray on a track you pray better can i tell you all of us pray better on a track whether you're a christian of a day you're a christian of 25 years we pray better on a track because our mind is so easily wanders and gets distracted and goes on a thing and jesus showed us how to pray and in your secret life, what you do in the secret comes out to the forefront. So my challenge to you today is pray a little more. And I'm not saying pray better. I'm saying pray more. And you know why you're going to be able to pray more? Because you're going to be on a smooth track. And then you're on a track. And there again, there's other prayer tracks. Prayer of Jabez is another prayer track. What did Jabez pray? That I may not cause pain. God... Bless me indeed. Prayed for abundance. Enlarge my territory. He prayed for influence. That I may not cause pain. He paid, prayed for protection. It's a track. You know, I, I see Solomon's prayer to God as a prayer that pastors should be praying over their churches every, every single day. God asked him, what do you want? And what was his prayer? Give me wisdom to lead your people. I pray that, Lord, give me wisdom to lead this church. It's a track. And we pray better on a track. So you know what part of my prayer for you today is? Don't let pride keep you from using a track. Oh, I'm the little engine that could. I can get up the mountain. I can do the thing. Nope. Even the little engine that could needed a track. Get on a track. You will change. You will see your prayer life revolutionize. And before you know it, you're going to get up 20, 30 minutes earlier because you ran out of time because you were running so smoothly on the track. But what did I say last week? Time spent in prayer is never wasted time. You'll see your day change. You're going to make choices and decisions quicker under the illumination and guidance of the Holy Spirit because you spend time on the track in prayer. And in what you do in your secret life will propel out 
in the public life. Church, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Father, this morning, I come against pride in the name of Jesus, and I pray that we walk in humility, that we put aside our pride and what we think and our quote-unquote years as a Christian so that we can learn from you, God. Even as the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, Father, that we may grow in our prayer, in our conversation, in the same way that my parents taught me as a young child, how you say hello, how you welcome people, how you talk to people. Jesus taught us how we access you, God. And we worship you together, God, this morning. Together, we thank you, for you are Jehovah's sick canoe, and we are made righteous because you are righteous. We thank you, for you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. We thank you, Father, for you are Jehovah Nisi, our protector. Lord, I glorify you and I exalt you and I thank you father because our presence we have a presence of you your presence is with us through the Holy Spirit for you are Jehovah Shama father I thank you for you are my provider Jehovah Jireh and I honor you because you are worthy and holy and Lord my prayer for me and for our church is that we may surrender our will our wants our desires to be more like you God God, we want to be used by you. Lord, I repent for so many times leaving a bad taste in people's mouth because I didn't act like a Christian. I didn't walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I didn't submit my will to yours. Father, we repent and we forgive. We pray for Miami-Dade County. I pray for Mayor Kaba. Lord, I pray that you may use her and talk to her. Lord, I don't know her. I don't know if she's had an encounter with you, but if she hasn't, I pray salvation. I pray for Governor DeSantis. And I don't know if he knows you or not, but I pray for salvation upon his life. pray for President Biden. I pray for Vice President Harris. I pray for the United States. We pray for your mercy. Father, I pray that the church may arise and not just talk about Christianity and being the church, but actually be the church. We honor you, we glorify you, we exalt you, and we thank you for you are good merciful, just. Thank you for you provide, you guide, you direct. I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody here that's not, there's something, put your hand on yourself right now, wherever that is, and right now in the name of Jesus, I pray healing. Back spasms, kidney ailment, knees, ankles. I pray for life in wombs. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for you to put your hand. Headache must flee and go. Migraines go in Jesus' name. Diabetes, cancer, bow your knee to the name of Jesus right now. Sciatic nerve aligned to the word of God in the name of Jesus. Nervous system being aligned to the way that God created it in Jesus' name. Vertebrae being aligned, healed. Fractures in vertebrae. I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. Spirit, you are touching right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who 
died for our sins, but also paid the price for our ailment. Lord, I pray for finances. Anybody dealing with circumstance and trials and situations in those specific areas of finances, work. I pray, Father, you put your hand in the name of Jesus. For those that, 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 that are entrepreneurs, I pray for business ideas, new ways to, to restructure and do and, 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 and things in their lives, Father God, that will bring you honor, glory, and praise. Provision. Father, very important, most importantly, I pray for salvation upon our family that doesn't know you. Lord, I specifically pray for my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, nieces, nephews that perhaps have walked away. I pray for my brother. I pray, Father, for those that have not fully surrendered to come to you. And I thank you, Father, for our families will surrender their lives to you. But I pray for every name on this bench in the name of Jesus that they will come to you in Jesus' name and we will see names checked off as they surrender to you. Father, we thank you for what you are doing. And Lord, I pray that we may commit to having a deeper secret life with you so that then you can exalt and glorify us. In Jesus' name. Come on, just lift your hands and worship him for a minute.